Hey guys, and welcome to episode 32 of Underrated, a show where we look at films we believe are underrated, generally disliked, or simply forgotten. I'm your host, Gabriel Green, and I'm here with my co-host, James Hamrick. How you doing, man? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Just saw the uh, Star Wars trailer, so I'm like super pumped right now. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching the live stream for the past two days straight. Uh, December seems so far away. And um, yeah. I am anxiously awaiting, hopefully, hopefully an Obi-Wan solo movie will be announced today. If 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 it's announced during this recording, you'll you'll hear an increase in energy from me for the rest of it. <laughs> a happy squeal in the background or something. Yeah, I having just watched the Clone Wars, I can definitely get on board with a, a solo Obi-Wan film. Ewan McGregor, man. I just love him in that role so much. Yeah, it can only happen if he comes back. If not, don't even bother. Mm-mm. All right, uh, so this week I'll is your pick james uh what are we looking at we're watching a movie or talking about a movie called green street hooligans it's a movie that uh i had never heard of at all until my brother recommended it to me and we watched it one night and i i kind of obsess over british culture (laughs) and rightly so because of that because of that that's probably what part of the reason why i love this movie so much but we watched it and i i just started singing the the united song for the rest of the night and it, it's a movie that really gets me pumped up watching it it's really enjoyable for me you're forever blowing bubbles yep <laughs> all right uh, so before we get into that i'd like to ask you guys uh, if you enjoy this show to please go and take a moment to rate and review us on itunes um it doesn't even have to be a lot just write a couple words and then five stars and they would help us a lot and we would be very very grateful all right uh, so james have you seen any cool movies uh over the last week uh i've i think the only movies that i've watched is we i've continued watching christopher guest films (laughs) um i watched um best in show last night and i think i watched a mighty wind a couple nights before and um i think waiting for government is still my favorite but they're all they're all funny enough to warrant watching um are they all mockumentaries Yes, they all. I mean, they all follow the same formula to a T. Where it starts off showing you a bunch of different characters, and then you have the one event that the whole thing is leading to, and then it happens, and then it's a six months later, and we catch up with all of the people. Um, very similar in structure, and I think one of my favorite things about watching them all is just seeing, since it's the same cast, it's just seeing what kind of character the cast is going to play this time. Um, and Christopher Guest, who is probably my favorite in each of the films, it's, I think, my favorite part, even amidst, among just seeing which cast is going to play who, I, I just can't wait to see who Christopher Guest is going to play, because he's, all of his characters are so distinct from each other, and he's so dialed into them, it's so entertaining to watch. And I found out, uh, I didn't know that the Netflix original film Mascots was a Christopher Guest film, and so I watched the trailer, and I'm... I am seeing all of these people that I had seen in all these movies, so now that's that's added to my list. Is, are these uh, British films or American? Uh, they're American. Okay. All right. And is, is that all? Yeah, that's that's all of the movie watching I've done recently. Oh no, I did I did watch the Green Room. Finally, that had been on my to see list for quite a while, and so I finally watched that, and it was really good. It it really created a lot of tension like kind of realistic feeling tension and it it did not follow a typical kind of movie structure uh where something happens and you think something big is going to come of it and then all of a sudden something you didn't expect at all is going to happen and now all of a sudden we're we're back to where where we were two minutes ago and it's almost like there it's a movie that feels very trial and error and it I don't know, it, it kind of it almost defies some genre tropes, which I liked a lot. Um, and all of the performances are really good. Patrick Stewart's really good, obviously. And Anton Yelkin, is it Yelkin or Yelchin? I think Yelchin. Yelchin. Um, he's really good in it. Uh, really believable. And uh, just as this, he and all of the people who play, the members of the band, they feel, they feel like real people that I, I feel like I've probably met at some point in my life. Um, 
but yeah, the whole movie, it, it's got a, a really unique tone, a very uh, distinct personality. And I would recommend checking it out if you can handle really brutal gore. Um, it's it's not a horror film. It's not scary, but it's 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 gory, and it it's not completely throughout. It's not nonstop blood and gore, but when it does get gory, it's like really intense, kind of disturbing gore. But it's it's all a great movie, though. Have you seen Don't Breathe? I haven't, but Don't Breathe and Hush are I those three movies. I I was recommended to all at about the same time, and so I'm, I want to watch all three of them because they all three look really really great. Yeah, the the premise for Don't Breathe sounds kind of similar to a, what I've heard from about the Green Room. It'd be interesting. So I also haven't seen a lot of movies, but I have been uh, still marathoning through the Clone Wars, and I I know I was really excited about it last week, but that was also before I watched uh, seasons four and five, and now. <laughs> I love this show so much. The, the, I think the, the best story arcs are in uh, season four and five. Uh, and just the way this show, it, first of all, it, it deepens the characters of uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan. And we see just, you know, their friendship building throughout the Clone Wars. And just giving us a picture of the Republic in like, what's good about it. And then also kind of showing us its flaws, showing us the flaws in the Jedi that led up to their fall in revenge of the Sith. It's a perfect setup. Like for anyone who didn't like how, how the, the fall of the Jedi was, if, they, if you don't think it was set up properly enough in revenge of the Sith, this film, I mean, this TV series fixes all of that in a really, really up, I, I think fairly subtle way for, at least for, a daytime children's TV show kind of thing. <laughs> it'll have an arc where it'll follow a Jedi. Then it'll have arcs where it just kind of follows clones through this hellish, like Vietnam style battle. Then it'll go to this more political thing. It just has, it's a lot of variety. And one of the weaknesses of that is if you don't like a certain type of story style, they'll do, you might have four episodes where you're completely bored, but then they'll jump on and give you four amazing episodes somewhere else so it's it's still a little rocky they still have jar jar and there's some episodes that just follow droids around that i couldn't care less about but as a whole what this does for the star wars story and how far it drives it forward like i was worried at the beginning of the, of the series like anakin is way too nice and likable i don't see how he can go from here to where he is in revenge of the sith but they do it just the subtle steps they take to slowly darken his character to, to uh you know, plant seeds of distrust in the Republic and the Jedi is, is really great. So if you like Star Wars, go watch it. Also, I would advise looking online. They're very easy to find, but a chronological chart because the, uh, the episodes were aired out of order for some reason. I'm not sure why, but find a chronological chart and follow it. It'll, it'll make some of the rockier parts a bit easier to follow. But I, it, it, And if, if you run into the Jar Jar episodes and you're like, why am I watching this Plow through it. There's some great stuff, especially in season like three onward. I think is really good, but season four and five are insane. Yeah, I honestly, I think season four is the darkness over Umbara arc, and then season five has the last Jedi or the wrong Jedi arc. And I think you you made the post, and I couldn't agree more with it. That those those two arcs are some of the greatest Star Wars stories in the whole series. They're so well done. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, I I can't recommend the series enough. Did did you watch the Netflix only season six? Yeah, I saw that. It it was good, although I'm not sure. Like, I think the, the last episode did a fairly good job setting up Order sixty six that's coming. But uh, I don't. It, I'm I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't what the showrunners wanted to end the show on. But um, for what it was, I, I enjoyed it. I can't even hardly remember a lot. I remember. Pretty much all of my memory of season six is uh revolves around the the clones and discovering the uh the explanation for order sixty six which i I actually really really like that, but I remember it's like I think it's thirteen episodes and I can't remember what the se- or what that season had that apart from there was um, the, the clone arcs the banking clan arc that arc and then Yoda's arc in the end for the last four episodes oh that's right which 
for me, I don't get into the mysticism of Star Wars. The more mystical Star Wars gets, the more I t- tune out, which is why I'm perfectly fine with midichlorians. Yeah, I don't care. But <laughs> so when it gets when it tries to become more mystical, it just becomes more confusing. I'm like, I don't care. Just give me some science kind of thing. For me, I'm I'm fine when they try to go mystical, so long as the mystical doesn't become too visible. Which is why, um, the the last Yoda arc was kind of hit or miss. I I like the themes of the arc, and I like the what they did with the characters. But seeing all of this, like completely psychedelic kind of stuff in Star Wars, all floating mountains and these weird mask ghosts and all sorts of complete oddities, it just felt. It felt too out there even for Star Wars standards, which is why even though I absolutely love the Darth Maul arcs themselves, I don't really like most of the stuff with the witches because all this green flowing magic, it, it just feels disconnected from what we know of Star Wars. And mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's about my breaking point. I can go I can go with the witches. There's something tangible. They're there. But uh, beyond that, yeah, I was like, okay, whatever. Let's get to, let's shoot some droids. <laughs> Give me some more clone arcs. Yeah. All right. And then I also last night watched Furious 7 in preparation for The Fate of the Furious. And this movie, uh, look no further, I have found the dumbest plot ever to be on film. And it's amazing. <laughs> it's, I mean, if you've seen the trailers, you know these films don't care about making logical sense. And I think they're better for it for what they are and having the rock along as this gigantic worded out guy who takes himself way too seriously is amazing. Um, but just this movie is completely tongue in cheek. It knows it exactly how stupid it is and it's having so much fun with it. And it just, it just rides that line of where you're getting angry at it for being stupid and just laughing because of the amazing things that are happening on screen. And I think it's one of the most perfect uh, films of that type. So I'm definitely looking forward to the next one. I think I, I, I doubt F Gary Gray is as interesting of a director as James Wan, but uh, I, I'm hoping it'll be a, just as fun. Yeah. It's, I, I haven't seen, I've, I can't remember if I have actually seen one all the way through. I think I have at one point seen the first one and maybe the second one, but I don't really, it's hard for me to claim it because I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> and it's really hard to convince me to go back to the series because it just does not look like something that would entertain me. But I mean, it's such a, it's a series that is surprisingly well loved and accepted by a lot of people whose opinions I really do trust. <laughs> so maybe I'm gonna have to give it a try. Yeah, so. they're they're not great films by any means, but they are very enjoyable. And one thing I do like is how loyal the film is. The film, the series is to its characters. It all comes back to characters and their stories. So it's it's easy to kind of become connected with at least on a surface level just you like the people you want to see where they go you want to, you want them to be okay it's all about family so it's it's just a lot of fun and uh so that's all i've seen um anything else you want to mention before we get into our main review uh, i think i'm ready all right let's move into our main review for green street hooligans green street hooligans was released in 2005 it was directed by lexi alexander uh, i can't find a budget but it grossed i think just over three million and it has two direct-to-DVD sequels, so I'm guessing it's developed a bit of a cult following or something. And uh, it stars Elijah Wood, Charlie Hunnam, Mark Warren, Leo Gregory, and Jeff Ball. It was written by Lexi Alexander, Dougie Brimson, and Josh Shalov. And it was shot by Alexander Biono, and the music was composed by Christopher Frank. And James, I'll get you to read a, a brief plot synopsis. A wrongfully expelled Harvard undergrad moves to London, where he is introduced to the violent underworld of football hooliganism. I like that word. I think I'm going to use it now. So, James, this is your pick. I'll let you start. What do you think of this movie? This movie is, like I said before, it was, this movie did not have any sort of uphill battle to win me over. It's about um, football, not soccer. It's about football. Um which is a sport that I actually find really entertaining. Um, and it's it's all about 
the way British culture is different from ours, you know, you have an American over there. And so it's so much of the movie is just about you. I guess you as a viewer, if you are American being brought along with the protagonist, you're almost seeing this, this whole other world from his eyes. And you think, I, I mean, yeah, they have accents over there, but it's a very similar culture. And you're just introduced to all these things that we really have no idea that goes on over there and how, how different, some of the cult, some of the culture actually is over there, and um, it's just really entertaining listening to all the different dialects and different kinds of accents. Uh, I just think it's a really fun movie. <laughs> yeah, for me, I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. Um, I thought it was fun. I have some problems, especially with how it ends. But uh, yeah, as you said, just immersing us into this crazy hooligan culture and getting us pumped up and excited about soccer, which I don't care, couldn't care less about, but I do when I'm with these characters and, you know, I kind of, I, I understand their world. I understand their loyalty and their code. And it, just, it does a great job just depicting this world. So uh, like that, that, that part I really enjoyed. Yeah, I definitely, when we get to some of the criticisms, I do have, I do have actually several criticisms with aspects of the story. Um, so when we talk about the positives, most of everything I'm going to mention is just going to be about the way the film depicts this other culture and presents ideas that are completely stupid and things we shouldn't get excited about and how it is able to get the viewers excited about it. So yeah, I'm not entirely sure how long we could make the podcast, given that like almost all of my positives are really very related to each other. <laughs> um, but just to talk about it... Uh, I I love how the viewer is essentially Elijah Wood in this and we go over to this this country that we we feel like we have a better understanding of than we actually do and we start to learn more and more about it as the movie goes on you know we're calling it soccer we're learning all of these new terms that are just like they know secondhand over there um I love the initial pub scene when he's over there and He's saying that he's the guy from Karate Kid and he's he's slowly being accepted by this group. And like by the end of the scene, I'm like, man, I want to hang out with that group of people. They just seem <laughs> like fun and I want to go to the pub with them. And and then, you know, as, as they leave the pub in unison with this huge group and everybody's reciting uh, or singing this song out loud together, just that sense of like camaraderie and we're all here because we love the same <laughs> thing and we're just leaving the, we're amped up leaving this pub. It just, it would be, I remember I, I watched it with my brother and then I watched it again with an, uh, a friend and we're all kind of obsessed with that kind of culture. And we kept saying the whole time, like, man, if I went on a vacation over there, I would probably just live there. <laughs> like the second that I was accepted into a group of friends like that, I'd be like, all right, this is it. I'll, I'll, I'll write letters to my American family. But it, the movie does a great job of immersing you into this, this subculture that I don't think gets a whole lot of attention. Yeah. And yeah, I think that, that, as you said, is the film's like strongest point. And like, for me, I'm a very like, kind of practical person. So usually when I watch films like this, I'm like, you idiots, you worthless scum. That's like nothing but a detriment to society around you. What's wrong with you? Get a job. Stop tearing up the streets. <laughs> so when a film can kind of make me forget that and sweep me up in the, uh, insanity of it all that's that's a huge compliment and again yeah as you said just the this depiction of like a group of brothers who are like who will fight and die for each other at a moment's notice or or even for a stranger that who is kind of sort of loosely related to their group because he's like a, one of their old guy's brother-in-law or something if he's in trouble they'll all gather around and go fight and charge into a group of 20 guys if there's only five of them and just like like that, I like you feel the the camaraderie between them. It's like when they're at the pub, just being idiots. It's just so mu it's so much fun to watch and just hang out with them. And the cast is really good. Um, Elijah Wood's fantastic, kind of as the starting as the fish out of water, and the person who kind of comes to accept this creed and code they have. And uh, Charlie Hunnam is actually also really charismatic as the uh, as the leader of the G GSE firm or the, the gang, whatever. And I think he does a great job kind of balancing both, you know, 
the violence and also just kind of his inherent likability that kind of brings Elijah Wood's character into the group. Yeah, I, it's probably actually my favorite Charlie Hunnam performance. Um, I always like him in movies, but I also typically find something to complain about with his acting. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's really hard for him to keep accents that aren't his own. And so that always kind of takes me out of the moment, even though I, regardless of that, I still always enjoy his character. But in this, I'm able to just enjoy his character without any sort of hiccups. I feel like he's just he gives a a solid, really, like you said, charismatic performance that makes this character that on paper should not be likable at all. And he's incredibly likable. And whenever Elijah Wood decides, you're like, you know, I'm going to go and stay over at uh, at his house. You're like, yeah, I would too. <laughs> yeah, you want me to get a hate a char- to hate a character, have their first scene be them mooching off their brother or a family member. <laughs> and that's his introductory scene is him... Like kind of just taking money from his brother, but I still like him. So props to the film. <laughs> yeah. As far as the rest of the cast, um, I thought uh, Leo Gregory, who plays kind of the uh, sort of antagonist within the group, um, he doesn't. His character doesn't have a lot to work with. He's pretty one dimensional for the for the film, and the film wants you to hate him. But I, I still thought he he still brought a bit of um kind of humanity to this role that I, I thought was really good in spite of how shallow the writing was for him. Yeah, they you could definitely see that he had a very specific purpose that his character was written for. Um, but yeah, in spite of that, I do really, really like his performance. Um, and after, you know, I mean, I guess we're going to be discussing spoilers, uh, but the movie's really old anyways. Although, odds are most people haven't seen it. Um, but whenever he kind of betrays the GSE, his, his regret after, I think it's actually really well, uh, really well acted. He, you can see the regret in his eyes at, at the hospital, whenever he's begging for forgiveness, uh, from Pete. And then whenever, you know, he just goes and he grabs, uh, he goes to the pub and then he leaves and he's just out singing drunk on the street and he passes out there. I think, they're really, really good scenes. Um, they'd start developing the character, or at least trying to develop the character a lot more after that. I mean, the movie ends fairly shortly after that, so they don't get to do a whole lot. But everything that he's given, I think he does a really great job with. And he has mm-hmm. crazy eyes when he's when he's singing the song and he's just staring him down. Like, man, <laughs> this guy would make me uncomfortable. Very. <laughs> and was I the only one that thought... Uh... Claire Forlani looked a lot like a female Killian Murphy. You know, I didn't think that watching it, but I probably will now. <laughs> I was like, is this his sister or something? Because I can't get Killian Murphy out of my mind while I'm watching her. And uh, I, I, like, as I was saying, just the, you know, the idea of brotherhood, I think, is kind of, is kind of the core of this film. And I, I have problems with how it comes out in the latter half, but um, I can see if I was in that situation, if I was with them, I could get amped up and go charging into it and fight people who I don't know for reasons that I don't care about just because, like, we never get the impression that Elijah Wood is actually that big of a football fan. But he's doing it because he's with the group, because these are his friends, and, and it's just you know, this masculinity that's just amping them up. And it's just a lot of fun. And... I I like I love English accents and just listening to the Cockney banter they have. It's just all throughout the film. It's it's actually it's pretty funny. There's a lot of times where I was just laughing. I don't remember any of the actual quotes and I would butcher them if I try tried to say them. But just throughout, there's a lot of just great banter between all the characters. Yeah, one of the scenes um, there's a scene that I I remember watching it where it's where I really really started to engage with the film was whenever Elijah Wood is chased down initially and then they're all there and they're kind of agging on this group and the group that's coming towards him, like, they outnumber him four to one. It's like 20 guys to their five. And all of a sudden the other group, they're already bigger than them, but now they're, like, throwing bricks and things. And I'm like, oh, like, this isn't just I'm going to go and, like, hit you. Like, they're they're throwing heavy objects. Like, this is going <laughs> to be brutal. And in my mind, I'm like, no, I would, I would take off out of there. What are they doing? And then it's like, you're just, Elijah Wood is in that crowd and he's seeing all the 
the testosterone just amp everybody up and I kind of go through an emotional change the same way Elijah Wood does in the moment where initially he's like, what are we doing? We should be running. And then he sees them charge in there with like no fear and complete confidence. And it's like, that just, I feel like if you're a man, you just see that and you're like, well, I'm going to do this. And in that moment, I was thinking it myself, like I would have seen this initially and thought to run, but I would have probably gotten so caught up in the moment. I would have charged in with the rest. I'm like, I don't know who you are, but I'm going to punch you in the face because that's the thing to do right now. <laughs> how, how do they tell who's who? I, I guess that, you know, you've been in, in that, it'd probably be easier in that situation just because there's only four guys you're with and you know them really, really well, at least for the, the main GSE people. Um, but I kind of thought the same thing, especially at the last scene. I'm like, there's like, 20 on each side, uh, side I would I would probably end up certain punching random people who were on uh, who are on my firm I guess that's part of the fun or something <laughs> something else that I, I really did like that I get I mean I've I have technically already talked a little bit about it but it is one of the things that I did like about the movie that we've talked about mainly is how it it makes you really like this group of people and get caught up in this world um, but then just as a film, what I like about it is how it introduces the viewer to all of these things in a very organic way. It never really feels like you're getting bogged down with too much, you know, exposition that sounds like exposition. Um, but by the end of the movie, you know, there's lots of new terms that I now know that I didn't know beforehand. Um, I didn't even really understand the concept of firms before the movie, and now I feel like I know it really well. And um, so no, it, it didn't, it doesn't just do a good job of getting the, the viewer kind of caught up in this, in this kind of movement or this, this culture, but it does a good job of just explaining what the culture is and the nuances of, of the greater kind of British culture, as well as the subset. Um, it, 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 re, it just fleshes out this whole, this whole part of this world that we didn't really know. Um, and I know I've talked about that a lot, but like I said, my, my, uh, my favorite things about this is so, so specific. Yeah. And another thing I liked is that it, how it shows that most of these people are just kind of regular guys who have their nine to five jobs, but then on the weekends they go and go beat the crap out of each other. And like, there's a, a kind of a montage towards the end that told the show that some of them have like like suit and tie jobs or one of them has a family and a kid and just it again as i said it makes it believable that these people who otherwise are normal members of society could then go and do all this like just the horrible things they do and also it kind of it does it's also kind of is is my um problem with the film and i'll get into it later but just for the first half, it felt like it was at least it was kind of being fair in how it it was showing that yeah this this is fun, but it was kind of it sort of was trying to make you uncomfortable with having fun how much fun you were having with what's going on because you realize how problematic this is, and I think it loses that towards the end, and that's one of my problems, but I think for the first half, I did like the balance it had of just like of allowing you to have fun while also kind of judging you for having the fun. Yeah, it's weird. It's it does kind of shift from this is all this is all fun right now, but probably not the best course of ap- action, you know, it, the way it portrays um the Pete's older brother and uh Elijah Wood's sister. They're very much painted as like the level-headed realists and like a, not to be a downer, but this is ridiculous. And as a viewer, I feel like you're supposed to be agreeing with them at that point. And then that does kind of shift later on, which is, a, I think, a problem for, for the movie's overall story. But yeah, mm-hmm. the first half, I do think, does a good job at balancing the emotional thrill and fun of it with the more level-headed logic of the fact that you're throwing bricks at this guy you don't know simply because he likes a different team. Yeah. 
Is it just me or does Mark Warren, the guy who plays his brother-in-law, look incredibly creepy? He's he's a, he's a fairly popular British actor. He's like an basically name any BBC show. He's probably been in it. But he's always like just so creepy, and he plays a lot of really creepy roles, like in a the, the Oliver Twist or Jonathan Strange in Mister Norrell. I don't know. I just I can't take him as a normal person. <laughs> he he does look like someone who fits the antagonist bill. Um, but I thought he was good in this, though. He's oh yeah, very, he's, he's he's good. Yeah, very there believable as this, you know, this man who's kind of walked away from this life. But it's it's not as black and white and simple as that. Like he's like, oh, that's child. I don't I don't even think about that anymore. It's it's a struggle. I I still I get it. I I see it and I still want to be a part of it. Um, and I think he kind of he very accurately I feel like presents that kind of person who's who's still having to continue to convince himself not to do this because in the end it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah. He he was definitely very good. I think well, probably one of the better performances in the film is just <laughs> a lot of baggage with the actor. <laughs> I, I did, I, I, as I said, I didn't love this film, so I, I don't really have many more positives. Did you? Do you have any more that you want to mention? Um, I guess the last thing we've talked about um, some of the actors but just the overall cast, even though I do think, you know, some performances are better than others, there isn't really a weak link. I think they got the the cast overall is just really it's a really well cast film for this kind of movie. Um, the kind you need subtitles for. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of moments where I had to rewind. Um but like especially any of like the main members of the GSE you watch them for long enough and you're like, yeah, that's that's absolutely this kind of person. They all felt very, very authentic. Um, nobody nobody felt like they were phoning it in or that they were trying to do their best impression of someone who was like this. It, the whole cast felt like by the time you see them in the movie, this has been their life for years. We're, we're stepping into these people's lives and they've lived lives like this for years. It, it, it didn't really feel acted. It felt very natural. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the director had them like all spend a month in a pub together or something. Because just the sense of camaraderie between them and just like, you know, just unfiltered fun they have together feels like a group that has, as you said, known each other for a decade or longer. They just, they feel, they look, feel so comfortable and just uh, likable together that I, I, I'm guessing they probably had, they did, like spent some time together before the filming or that, or they're really good actors. Yeah. And it, it wouldn't surprise me either if the director just has like a lot of knowledge on this subject. It, it felt like the, the movie knew what it was talking about and knew how to present yeah. this. Which is surprising because she's German. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, that is that's impressive. Yeah, just yeah, and then back to the world. But just briefly, it's it has its rules, and I, I always love when a film can give you the rules in the beginning, and later on, as things happen, you know what the result of that will be. When someone does this, you know how the other characters will feel because you know them so well. You know. This like stuff you would never have even thought about beforehand, but now you're so engrossed in this world. When this character betrays this person, or this guy's a journo, you know, oh no, this is oh that, that can't be good because it, it it immerses you in the world, so you feel like you're a part of it, like you've been in this world that you know what's gonna going on, like you, like it makes you feel even though you couldn't that you could like go and navigate it now. And I always love when a film does that to where towards the end they don't have to have all the exposition; they could just kind of allow the story to flow because you know what's going on. Yeah. Like the, the scene where he's walking out of the subway and he looks over and he sees Elijah Wood walking into the times. You, you realize that you're like, Oh man, this guy's with, he's, he's a journal. Like you said, and just, I, that's even what I would have called it in the moment, just because that's the term to be used now. Um, so yeah, just the implications. And whenever um, Bover betrays the group, you understand this isn't just like all right. Well, we'll, we'll talk this out. Clearly, he has a group. It's like no, this, these these firms are big deals. And so beforehand, you'd be like, okay, so like, 
he went and told this rival soccer fan group or whatever like why what's the big deal and like you said by this point in the movie we're so enveloped in this culture that we're like oh man i can't believe he did that like this is insane um so yeah it i think it's always important that movies do that just so that you know by we're in the by the time we're into the second half if if you're still having to give heavy exposition then to me that says that you didn't do a good job in the first half and so the yeah by the the second half of the film we're com- as caught up as we need to be with this way of life that we don't have to we don't have to have our hands held anymore yeah all right so that's it for my positives so did you have any more before we move into our dislikes uh i, I think it's probably it for me all right um so i'll, I'll start i guess probably the, the the last positive one in this film i don't know what this film is saying i don't know what it's trying to i mean in the in the first half it, it rightly shows these are imbalanced idiots they got a kid killed they should be ashamed of themselves and stop but then by the end it makes Pete a martyr and Bover regains his honor by joining the fight and by making Tommy and his uh, his firm like cartoonishly evil. I mean, they're, they're like going to attack a woman with their child. And so by making them cartoonishly evil, you've made uh, Pete's gang, they're the good guys and they have a righteous cause to fight for. And to me, it feels like he's kind of chickening out because for the first half, it did seem it tried to be like a really hard as nails drama, portraying this underworld, showing both the good and the bad. Like it was, you know, portraying this horrible stuff happening, getting us to cheer for it, then making us feel bad for cheering for it. But then by the end, it seemed like it kind of bought all its own hype and wants to portray these guys. There's the good guys and the bad guys and they're, they're doing the right thing and it's all romanticized. And it just feels out of tone with the rest of the film and also just kind of like, what are you trying to say now? That we that this is a good thing? That's a major problem that I had with it. Especially um the line that Elijah Wood said, um Pete's like Pete's life and death showed me that there was a time to a time to quit and a time to fight or something like that. I'm like, what? Pete died for a soccer team. <laughs> that's that's what you should learn from his life, is that you can take things too far and now you're dead and it's ridiculous. And I think you summed it up well with the movie bought its own hype. I, the movie, the director kind of fell victim in the same way that I did, that you look at it initially and you're like, this is utterly ridiculous. And then you get to a point where like, Oh, this is awesome. And the movie did that. So now the movie initially looked at the situation as if it's completely crazy and then ended with this is awesome, and so <laughs> it do, it does kind of feel like it copped out of having this balanced look at this world that was able to look realistically at it without getting caught up in like the heat of the moment. Yeah, it was just like thinking like because I I liked the film, I enjoyed watching it, but the end it just completely left me cold. I was thinking like, what could they have done to make it better? I'm thinking. I probably the best thing would have been to get rid of the whole revenge subplot with Tommy, just because both teams are equally stupid. They're both guys who will get into a, both sides are just guys who get into a fight over their football team. One football team is not more honorable than the other. If it just kept all the stuff where it gets us pumped up and lets us enjoy it, but then when it ends, you'll know, have Tommy go home. Not Tommy, um, what's Elijah Wood's character? Have him go home and kind of use his rough and tumble knowledge now to intimidate his his old roommate like but then leave us with a very kind of uneasy sick feeling in our stomach like that was fun but ah, should it have been i don't know this is this is this thing is so messed up i think if it had i wish i had left us with it on that tone yeah as opposed to such a high yeah it didn't go the route of demonizing the other side because the other side is just like this side there's just a bunch of idiots who who like football yeah because when you think about it the movie is absolutely saying Tommy is bad. GSC is good. Um, but that's only because uh, Elijah Wood's character, I remember, it's it's Matt. Um, I forget his last name. But the only reason that the GSC are the good guys is because that's who Matt met first. If mm-hmm. he, if his sister had married someone, some ex, whoever, um, I forget the, the team 
West Ham? Is it West Ham, yes. Um, if they had a, if they if she had you know married someone who had left that team and he had got caught up with that, then the GSE would have been portrayed as the villains. It's just yeah, they murdered a kid. Yeah, they're the clear bad guys, and they murdered a kid, and they didn't call it quits afterwards. You know, um, both teams or both both firms are are full of people who have no right continuing to do what they're doing. Um, so the fact that it goes to these lengths to demonize one and romanticize the other, it does feel like it's kind of copping out of any sort of reality um, and getting caught up with being a movie as opposed to, mm-hmm. you know, presenting this culture and in a more realistic way by the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of wish it had either gone like a far more gritty grounded just like make us cheer for blood but make us feel bad for having cheered for it or either that or gotta go the 300 route where it just doesn't even try to be realistic in the first half like this one was just we're good they're bad let's kill them and it felt like it wanted to kind of have his cake and eat it too and do both um so yeah and um uh, another thing did anyone even try to explain to shannon that steve was not going back to his old ways I mean, like, she's she's gonna leave him in the end, but he literally was he was going to he wasn't going to fight. He was going to save her brother, and she that, leaves him. That part pissed me off so much. I'm not gonna lie. Um, when she says, "I'm gonna leave," there's a very brief line, and it's like the movie almost regrets bringing it up because then it would have to explain it, and so the char- Pete's character kind of shushes him. I think. Um, she, uh, she says that she's leaving and Matt says, no, he was only there to get me. Uh, you can't leave. And then Pete says, she's doing this because she has to, and you should too. And that's the only attempt the movie really makes at explaining what's going on at that point. There, there's no further attempt to be like, no, he wasn't, he was literally there to explain this to me. He was a victim of circumstance. Like, that part does make yeah. me... He goes, tries to get your brother out of a situation that his, his stupidity got him into. The bad guys come, he says, I don't want to fight. Leave me alone. I'm not trying to fight. Stop it. And a idiot stabs him. And now you're going to leave him because what? I don't know. Yeah, it, that part really makes me angry. Yeah, it just... If they... If... if like if they wanted to go for the downer ending, have him actually go back to his own way, old ways. That would have given the whole film a much rougher edge. But no, they try to make him a hero, then they punish him for it. Why? Yeah, uh, I think that if they had gone the darker route and had him maybe even go to the pub with good intentions, and he gets there and he's he's only there to get him out, and he gets caught up, just like any any person probably would. He gets so caught up in it that he does join back and then you do get to have like you do get to carry your themes from the beginning to the end where it's like yeah this is all fun but now look that it lost this guy's wife because of the consequences whereas now it's like these con the 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 consequences happen to the wrong person elijah wood continues to join this group of people fighting the fighting this guy who's still mourning the death of his son to the point where now he's ready to kill this other person. And you're, he's getting himself involved in a fight that he really has no business being a part of. And he gets to go home and most likely reattend Harvard. Whereas the guy who saw the situation for the foolishness that it was, is in a hospital and now, you know, divorced at some point, I guess is what it's implied. So the whole message really does not make it, it it all unravels in the end i think um and then uh another criticism that i had was why in the world did she get out of the car <laughs> well you you have your infant child in this van and you see a group of like 40 grown men smacking each other with boards of wood and all, like nightsticks all sorts of legitimate weapons and you get out of the car why 
And then she has she gets back to the car. There's no reason she can't just hop back in the second he starts walking towards her. He's got like a a 50 foot distance to travel and he's like nonchalantly walking and she gets into the car but she doesn't drive away it the whole climax makes no sense and like all of her decisions it it, yeah. it only it, happens because it's a movie yeah and then like having the bad guys quote unquote try to attack her why the film has already showed us earlier that they're just normal guys with their own wives and kids i i don't care how excited they are about football i Nothing in the film set up that they would go attack a woman and child out of the blue. Yeah, it especially given you know I I maybe could have bought if it was Tommy, but it wasn't even Tommy. It was like his the right hand his right hand man. I guess I'm like man, these is the movie trying to say that if you support this this firm or this team that you're a horrible that this team attracts horrible people and this team attracts great people. The bad people go to Slytherin. It's the, the same logic applies in football. <laughs> all right um so did you have anything else you wanted to mention before we move into our final thoughts uh i think that's it mostly all right i'll go first um as you said it's a very enjoyable film i it, it has great world building it gets us into this on this kind of underworld and gets us amped up it makes us it, it makes us understand why someone would choose this life uh of just watching football matches then going and punching people it, it makes it, it it gets us into the excitement it helps us understand and it brings us into this world um elijah wood and charlie hunnam are both really good uh and it just paints a great picture of you know like kind of the the, the brothers in arms feeling that these people have together they're old friends they, they would do they would die for each other but i think in the end it completely loses its way it has no idea what it's trying to be or say and it's really confused. At the end, I, it's it's worth watching, but for me, I don't I don't I don't think it's a great film. And it really and then just the whole Shannon and, and uh, Steve subplot was like, what are you doing? Who thought this was a good idea? Yeah. So for me, oh, and just quick note, um, they're at the GSE. They're West Ham United. It's Millwall. Okay. Uh, I completely forgot. Um, but yeah, so for my final thoughts. Well, I, I forgot a dozen times between the films. Like, okay, this is English speak and what's happening. I'm not sure. Um, for me, I I really do love this movie, but I can't really defend it as a great film. Um, it has very apparent fa- uh, flaws that really are so apparent to where they're they're nearly indefensible. Um, it's hard to really try to point to any sort of clear message. And if there is one, it's hard for me to get behind that message. Um, <laughs> but I'll probably watch it, you know, 20 more times in my lifetime because the first half of the movie succeeds so well in getting me caught up in this world that I am at the point to where I'm forgiving whatever else happens because but you've already got me. Like, you've won me over. I'm going to accept any sort of flaws from here on in just because I'm having so much fun mm-hmm. and I, I should, I probably shouldn't be having fun at this point as a director. You should have probably already hit me with a dose of real uh, reality, but you don't. And I'm still having fun. And yeah, it's, I, I would recommend it to people just because I do think that the, despite its flaws, the movie has such a strong personality um, it is so unique to this culture that it's it's just a lot of fun to watch and it's enjoyable. And despite um, plot flaws, it is it's still competently made. Um, so overall, I think it's it's just it does just enough to write to me to where I'd call it a good movie. Definitely not great, but I I still love it nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, I definitely could see that. All right, uh, so that was our uh, review of Green Street Hooligans. Next week, uh, I think we'll be returning to the Maze Runner series with the Scorch Trials, which I'm really excited for. And you should be. We'll see. (laughs) And and again, I'd like to ask you guys to please go and uh, rate and review us on iTunes. And also, if you want to follow us, you can like us on Facebook. We are there as Underrated Podcast. And if you want to find the uh, older episodes, you can go to our website, underratedpodcast.com. 
other ways to contact us um we have an email we are the underrated podcast at gmail.com and you can also follow us at twitter um we are underrated underscore pod all right and uh, if you want to follow me uh you can uh, follow me on letterbox it's like a uh, social media site for film buffs. It's really fun. I I rate and review most of the films I see on there. I'm there as Gabriel Green. Same for me. I am there as J L Hamry. It's J L H A M R I. Um, and I likewise I typically rate and review the movies that I see, as well as make stupid amounts of lists that probably <laughs> only I enjoy reading through. Um, but it's very fun, and I would definitely recommend um, looking through it. So until next week, when we revisit the Maze Runner uh, story, we will see you next time. See ya. That ran red with shame. I stood in the killing fields where death had no name. I stood with my brothers And I waited flood And we were one flesh, one breath, one life, one blood You ever get the feeling the whole world's against you? Three questions. Where did you come from? Where are you going? How can I profit? Don't all answer at once. I'm here for the mountains. Looking for the right arm. (laughs) You're looking for ghosts, you mean? Question number two. Where did you come from? That's our business. Get the hell off me! Get the hell off me, man! Shut up, you big baby. What is that? You were right. I'm sorry, Romano. Looks like you're tagged. You came from Wicked. Which means you're very valuable.